This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. Ministering is the servant of God, a pastor in the house, Pastor Samuel Uluwashiun Hazan. Remain blessed as you listen. Can we rise on our feet and just take that song a little more solemnly? Make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing but all that you have given me. Jesus, make me white out of me. Make me an offering. Make me a vessel. Make me an offering, make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing but all that you have given me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Jesus, bring new wine. Jesus, bring new wine. That's our prayer, Lord. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. We present ourselves to you, O God, in this new season that you've brought us into. Let the newness that you desire spring forth from our lives in Jesus' name. Let living waters flow out of us afresh. Lord, let life flow afresh out of us. Let gifts and abilities, O oh God, new things, new expressions, let it come forth from each and every one. And from this assembly as a corporate body in Jesus' name. We receive grace for full expression of what you are calling us into. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We can have our seats. Let me just read out the word of the Lord that came to us again last week. This was... Um, not through tongues or interpretation. This came through God's servant himself. So um, I want us to receive it as the word. It is the word of the Lord. It says, hear the word of the Lord. It is a new day. It is a new day. It is the day of lifting. The day of his power. It is the day of increase. Go and enlarge your tent, O metamorphosis. Because you need to break to the right and to the left. Sons are coming. Daughters are coming from afar. They are coming. They are coming. Kings in the days to come will come to your brightness, to the brightness of your shining. It is a new day. It is a new day. It is a new day. Dysfunctional, emotional people in marriages. Young people who are youths from the same types of families. The Lord says, he will bring them. I will bring them around. I will bring them around the leadership to nurture them, to care for them, to nurture them, to care for them. In their healing, in their healing, Christ will come to the house as a son of righteousness and begin to do things in you and through you in the city. The Lord is saying you should not forget the former days because he's doing a new thing. So he's saying you should forget the former days because he's doing a new thing. Forget about the former days. He's doing a new thing. And he's going to give you 
the latter rain and the former rain at the same month. Time will be collapsed for you. Time will be collapsed for you to achieve the things that the vision, that is in the vision that the visionary of this house has set. And I will raise among you mighty men with mighty grace. I will raise psalmists among you. I will raise men with healing expressions among you. I will raise pastors among you. I will raise shepherds among you. Not just shepherds in the church, but there will be shepherds in their spheres of influence, shepherds in businesses, in education, in commerce. They will rise up amongst you. Do not say we are small, because the small company will soon become a mighty company. God is amplifying this day your strength. He's amplifying your strength. And I see you journey from strength to strength in Christ. The days are here. The days of the supernatural enlargement. Supernatural enlargement. Embrace it. Believe it. Breathe it. Embrace it. Believe it. These words shall be fulfilled in their season, says the Lord. We have shifted as a church. This is the word of wisdom that came. That as a church, we have shifted a dimension of the angels that worked with, as a founding pastor, Prophet Richard, are back in this place to work. It's not just about a man. It's about a system in heaven. This is why God said to Joshua, the same way I was with Moses, I will be with you. The same angel that worked with Moses will work with you. It won't be the same expression, but the same way I was with Moses, I will be with you. For Moses, you know, the angel came in the burning bush and uh, the signature is that this, uh, the Red Sea parted. For Joshua, the angel came as a captain of the Lord's army and Jericho parted for Joshua with the priest carrying the ark on the shoulder. There is a dimension of the ministry of Pastor Richard that is back in this ministry. The sign is the leg or hand growing and the back pain gone. Amen. Amen. Uh, that's why I said during the first service that uh, today is a special day. And uh, the Lord knows how he arranges things and just makes them fit together. Amen. Amen. Am I good to go? So there are, there's a way God makes things fit together. Last week, Pastor Debo was telling us that, um, of course, one of the signature miracles that was happening in Pastor Richard's ministry before he departed was short legs, short hands, growing. And uh, Pastor Debo said, God gave him a word that that was going to happen as well. But right until the last day, even though the recipient of the miracle had been in the meeting from the beginning, but it was on the last day that God revealed it. And it happened to be someone with us in the house. Amen. Now, the reason I'm also saying today is a special day. In fact, um, I'm, 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 I have to say this before concluding the message I started. That's why, you know, today is, you can call it a heritage Sunday. Amen? That's the message I prepared for second service. Heritage, our heritage. Because you need to know that heritage or inheritance is not something you labor for. Right? It is something that is given to you. It is conferred on you. Provided you meet certain criteria. It is not by your labor. It is not by your struggle. 
And uh, one of the things that qualifies you for inheritance or your heritage is sonship. Sonship. A son will get inheritance from the father because he is the son of the father. Whether by birth or by adoption. Amen? But whether it is by birth or adoption, what actually will guarantee that he gets it is the nature of relationship he now maintains with the father, right? Because if the father decides to disown him, of course he has lost his inheritance. Or if the boy wanders away, like the prodigal son, he wandered away. But in the father's large heart, he still reserved a place for him. Because there's no way that father would have died. You know, he didn't receive him, receive him back as a servant. He received him back as a son. Because said, this my son was dead, but now he's back alive again. So his inheritance is guaranteed. So sonship. I don't want to revisit the message vital connections. I think that was sometime last year. Sonship. Sonship. Speak about relationship. Sonship. We talk about submission to the authority of the father. Right? A son that is not submissive. Is not likely to get anything. Sonship will, requ- will require identification with the family. Exclusive identity. Because you cannot say, you cannot have two fathers at the same time. Is it possible? Sir, that your son will be bearing, don't see Oluwagbomu and add another son name to his own. What will you ask him? Who is your father? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> you know, you will. Sonship requires that level of exclusivity. Plugging in into that family or that house so that the inheritance in that family can come to you. Amen. Sonship will require that you submit yourself to instruction. I mean, is there a son that is not trained, taught, mentored? And you need to know that training involves instruction. It will involve giving direction for my son. Of course, he's a boy. He's a macho man. He did something yesterday. He just ate. Finished a big bowl of pap with beans. And he just left the plate in the kitchen. It's just going to be three in another two months. One month. And he just went to the bed and lay down on the bed. Rubbing his stomach. (laughs) Of course, he has enjoyed himself. I I tell my wife, when he is happy, know that. There's no, but when he's angry and just do, just give him food. Even if he just ate two hours ago, give him something to eat again. It played out one day in church, and Sister Fumi was like, "Ah, now she can see that he has truly eaten." So he was just there on the bed, rolling and rubbing, enjoying himself. He has eaten, and life is good. I'm like, "Get up from that bed. Go and carry your plate. Uh, mommy will carry it for me." That was the first thing he said. I said, "Really?" He said, "What? Well, mommy will carry it for me." I said, ah, "My friend, get. of course." It was back and forth, but eventually he had to go. Teaching him that he's not in the house to just be served. That's one. He needs to serve. He needs to be responsible. And he needs to listen to his father when his father is talking to him, which is one of the biggest lessons. That was instruction. If he didn't answer, I was ready to bring out the pupu cane and spark him. Right? Training I mean, discipline is part of training as well. Correction, discipline, rebuke. So, and a son, sons 
who don't submit, who are not corrected. The Bible calls them bastards. Say, who's, which son? Um, I don't want to get into that message because I have something else. We have to conclude about David. We have to see Davidic principles that made him live in the most holy place. But it is important that I say this. In the next two minutes, I'll be done with this heritage message. Today is heritage. It's a heritage day. Because I don't know how many of you are aware, if Pastor Richard were with us today, he would have been 50 today. That's one. And this is like the fifth year of his passing. And if you understand numerics in the Bible, those are very, very significant numbers. 50. We talk about jubilee. We talk about inheritance coming to you. If somebody had uh, sold their property whatsoever, given it up for any reason, out of difficulty, in the year of jubilee, God commanded that every family that their inheritance be restored to them. Amen? So, you can now understand that it is not by accident or it was not a prophecy out of place for Pastor Deborah to say some of the dimensions of operations that were in Pastor Richard's life or prophet, like some of you, like you truly was, those things are back. So, but it's good to know that your connection and you're gaining these things. Now, you can say you are spiritual, you want to fast 40 days. Ah, let me do it in three minutes. Fast 40 days or whatever for, to get certain graces. If you fast, what you will be getting will be reward. Reward is the labor. I mean, is, reward is the benefit of your own labor. Amen? Reward is the benefit of your own labor. What you labor for, what you deserve. But inheritance is never as a result of your own labor. It is as a result of who you are and your connection. And the good thing is, inheritance involves the labor of many generations. Things that are even bigger than you. Things that will make you advance quickly. Inheritance confers that on you. Reward. It is what you labor. Keep laboring. Uh, God is just. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But he's the same God that confers inheritance. David will say, uh, how did he say it? Psalm 16. The lines are falling for me in pleasant places. I have a goodly heritage. He didn't say goodly reward. Heritage. By virtue of connection to the lineage of Abraham, and because of his own inheritance, God has proposed that the scepter, I mean, from declaration of uh, Jacob, he said the scepter shall not depart from where? Judah. That's why, because of his alignment, that could come to him. So, it is Christian, some people will claim it. Now, God is good. God is merciful. God is just. Every child of God, good health is your portion. Jesus paid for it. Abundant provision is yours. You know, a life of purpose and everything, it is yours in Christ. Amen? But how quickly these things come, or how much of some of these things you get, or whether at all you fulfill God's purpose for your life, is 
a separate ball game. That is tied to inheritance. And that's why Psalm 68 verse 6 will say, God has set the solitary in families. Because what God wants to give to you, still like we learned during the conference, there are people that have been sent. Amen? There are people that have been sent to you. And the Lord Jesus himself said, you will not see me until you say what? Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. I just want to announce to you that you have an inheritance in this house. Amen. You have an inheritance in God. And through this house, through God, you also have an inheritance in this house. Let me summarize. One of the things that I know that God works in the life of Pastor Richard that has translated into the expression of this ministry and is an inheritance for anyone that is genuinely plugged in is a godly home, a godly marriage. So I want to say to you young people, if truly you are plugged here, in the area of marriage, you will not miss it. In selection, in marriage, in settling, you will not miss it. Take note if you are connected. See, you might be on the brink. But if you are connected, God has a way. He's merciful. It's like something he has, it's like it's, it has become a covenant. Because here he is sending us out to reach out to homes to heal families. And you think your own will be bad? Paul said with the comfort that we have been comforted, we're able to comfort others. So, in this house, every marriage here has the heritage of being a godly home. So it doesn't matter if you have, there might be challenges in your marriage. Honestly, all you need to do is open up to the Lord and submit to the leadership. Open up to the leadership. Receive counsel. That grace will flow into you. And whatever marriage issues there are, they will be solved. Amen? Godly home, that's one. Flowing from that, godly seed. Isaiah 8, 18 says, I and the children that God has given me, they are for what? You think metamorphosis children are ordinary children? Huh? They are special. Because the people God used to establish this community, there is a way their children came. I'm privy to this. I know it's one of the fathers of the church in Nigeria on their wedding day that proclaimed, Lord, send choice children. And of course, Pastor Richard himself, he has shared the story, you know, in praying for his family ahead of time, which is what you should do to single people. Start praying for your children. Marry people, you always pray for your children. Sometimes I'm, when I'm at home and they are not yet asleep, I'm with them on the bed. I pray until they fall asleep. It may take 30 minutes, it may take 40 minutes, it may take one hour. We are there together praying. Because children in this house are godly seed. They are arrows in the hand of the Almighty. Their destiny is great. So if you are plucked to this house, that is part of your heritage. If you are connected, amen. Maybe we won't get into David. Let me just share it because it's a special day, amen. I'm also wearing a special suit. Those who know, they know. <laughs> it's one of the inheritance, amen. <laughs> I don't wear it every day. When I feel the Lord has something special to say, I'm like, okay, where is that suit that I received from Pastor Richard? That's when I wait. Amen. 
Amen. Some of you were here too. They said there is a dimension of his ministry that has flown here. So I'm standing in that authority to declare that heritage over you in Jesus' name. What is yours in this house, through this house, the fullness of it will come to you in Jesus' name. Uh, One of the things I should say, you know, looking at the testimonies that came, everything was tied somehow to cars, cars, cars. I'm like, God, it looks like more vehicles are coming. Newer vehicles are coming. We declare that the avenues and the channels through which they come, they are open. And by the favor of the Lord, we receive those new vehicles in Jesus' name. That's, by the way, let me, uh, thank God I didn't forget. Um, where was I? Heritage, right? I've mentioned two. Number three, I hope, let me just flow like this. Are you getting blessed? Number three heritage that you have in this house, there is the heritage of wisdom. Supernatural wisdom, revelation, and the prophetic. Amen? What did I say? Wisdom, revelation, and the prophetic. If you are truly a member of this house and you are following the leadership, Pastor Fumi, the, uh, the associate pastors, and the leadership as God is training us, if you are truly connected, there is no way that you will go on without being able to hear from God. Whether it's true dreams, or true visions, or true prophetic word, one way or the other, your spiritual senses will open, and the word of the Lord will come to you. Amen. Of course, we, some of us might know the story of uh, Brofola and Sister Debbie. They came some years back and like, uh-uh. these people, how can they claim to be word from the Lord, word from the Lord? Are they not the ones leading the people giving the word from the Lord now? <laughs> Because they share, I mean, like, how can everybody, how, how, how? But there is something in this house that God works in the life of a servant. Now, you can labor and pray. Yes, God can uh, reach you. He can open your eyes, your ears. But it's easier when it is coming through inheritance or through heritage. Amen. That is what heritage and it accelerates. So there is that dimension. So you should not be in a time or season of your life where you will say you don't know what to do. Has God stopped speaking? Bible says, He who made eyes, will he not see? Doesn't he's all seeing? He who made the ears, will he not hear? He who made mouths, will he not speak? So long as God has not stopped speaking. In this house, we will never lack counsel on what to do, where to go. In every situation of life, the wisdom of God will come and you prevail. It is your heritage. Amen. Another thing I know that I saw in the life of Pastor Richard is he was not, as it were, he was hardworking, but he was not a hustler like that. He didn't struggle to get things. I know that before he stepped into ministry, all the jobs he got, 
It's as if he didn't even apply for them. Even when he stepped into ministry, he told us once, he has shared the story, those who were here from the early days, how while preaching, he saw a message, he called after the message, they're like, ah, international job. Uh, you just monitor investment from some billionaires like that. Some, I mean, 1.5 million 10 years ago, Abby. Yeah? 1.5 million 10 years ago. Uh, did you say over 3 million or what? Oh, over 10 years ago. Will amount to how much presently? Like 5, 6, 7 million. And it's not even that you'll be working every day. You may work one month, the next month there's no job, but your money is coming. But he had already started church. He was like, ah! But that was even when he was still in um, his paid job. That was how jobs came. So if you are connected to this house, you should experience this dimension also. Let me just pray. Let's just lift up our hands. Let me just pray. You know, at this point. Father, we ask for mercy. If there be anyone here, any family that is struggling, oh God, that is challenged with anything at all, one of the things you did in the life of our Father was connect him to things with ease. Father, I ask that that ease will come into the life of your people in Jesus' name. All that they need, all that they need, through your grace, through your mercy, by reason of our heritage, Lord, in your servants, through our Lord Jesus Christ, we ask that those things come to us in Jesus' name. Let your people begin to experience ease, O God, in all areas of life, in the name of Jesus. Amen. That was one thing that operated in his life. So much so that when he left school, after all the years of delay, he was going to get married. And people were like, which Richard? Because I was, I was still in school. Then he said, ah, somebody that left school three months ago. And he had been in school for 10 years. Some people, somebody that some people would look at, like, say, ah, this guy's life, forget. All these people that are just wasting their time saying they are doing ministry. But in three months, I, had, I was there when the person said, eh, which Richard? How did he do it? As in... And it was a big wedding. I was there. God is gracious and merciful. We'll begin to experience ease in the name of Jesus. Maybe I'll just continue flowing like this, right? One other heritage. Let me see. I, I wrote down some things. Okay. Uh, enterprise. That's another thing. Creativity. Creativity and enterprise. There is no one in this house that should say, I don't know what to do or how to do it. Or struggle even in the area of business. Because that grace was in him. Even though he was a minister. But that's something that God caused to flow from him even through to the people that need it. Amen? So, that is the dimension in him. Of course, I don't want to mention the one of hard work. It's our heritage in this house. To work hard. One of the things that attracted me to him, because I can't forget, 
I think I was in 300 level. It was one of those periods of ASU strike and we just decided to stay back in, in school. I think he had finished after all the extra years and all the... So, but typical Pastor Richard or prophet like we used to call him in those days. And that year I was just so blessed that I was squatting with somebody in the same block where he was living, in fact on the same floor. Is he independence or Brofola? Indy. Where is, where is Brobayo? Indy. Uh-huh. I was just... <laughs> so, that floor. So, that day, no class, nothing. I'm like, let me go and see Prophet. Of course, when you go there, he always has something to teach you. And you can start discussing like this. The next three hours, you are still discussing. As in, it was just a bundle of insight and revelation. So, that morning... I went like 6.30. I'm like, let me see. Just to say, ah, good morning, sir. I'll come and see you later. Uh, he was already seated on his desk. I'm like, ah, okay. I said, oh, you're yeah, praying, sir. I'll come back, sir. Okay, I came back. I came back around 8. I was like, oh, I still saw him there. He just looked at me like, okay, we'll see you later. I'll come back. Okay, no problem. Come. I came back by 11. He was still there. Maybe now you now see a cup of water. I came back by 1.00. I came out by four. It was still there, reading, writing, just on that seat. Till past six. When I came and I said, Are you? Maybe that was when you now told Okay, what do you even want this boy? <laughs> but that day I went back to my room. I said, God, see my life. This is a human being sitting all day with the word of God. Tell me how such a person will not have encounters with God or walk in some level of revelation and insight. But that kind of attitude, it didn't apply to spiritual things alone. He applied it to every sphere of life. So in this house, no room for lazy people. Amen? Hard work. Diligent work. The Bible says the hand of the diligent will rule. Amen? Ah. Heritage. We have a heritage in him. And like I mentioned, it is critical. Sonship is the key. There are some things that are already working in the life of Pastor Fumi also. You may not be aware. But some of these things will only flow to you to the degree to which you are connected. And we've talked about submission a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm like the... The what they call those, we say, apostle of submission message, have you? <laughs> because if you understand spiritual authority, maybe I'll touch on David. In living from the most holy place, breaking God's protocol even, and God didn't kill anybody in the tabernacle of David, one of the things that worked strongly in the life of David was submission and yieldedness. Maybe I'll just jump in. Let me just jump in there over the next few minutes. Submission and yieldedness. Because for true sonship, you need it. The evidence that a son is submitted to his father, number one, you have obedience. Number two, instruction. Where there is need for discipline. My son, I cannot spank him, and that day will never come that I will spank a child and he will say he's leaving my house. Because the way you will have trained them, they are yielded. Of course, you are not a wicked father. There is no good father that will discipline his child and the child will say, I'm packing out. 
if that happens, there is a disconnect somewhere. Either the father is bad or the boy is beyond correction. And such children who leave the covering of their parents, they throw themselves into difficult situations. Amen? Sonship, submission to authority. David understood things. I'll just, I cannot go as I've planned it. Because if we're going to leave in the most holy place, and get all that God has for us, these are some of the things that must be established in our lives. Amen. First Samuel, please, this screen is off, and I'll need projector so that we can be fast. Media. Screen, projector. First Samuel 13, 14. You can write it down. First Samuel 13, 14. And then also Acts 1322. First Samuel 1314. Let's read it. This is David. I mean, this is God talking about David in the first year of King Saul's reign. In fact, Bible historians have said at this point David had not even been born. Because Saul was the king around when he was 30 or 40, and he ruled for 40 years. And when David ascended the throne, first in um, Hebron, before coming to Jerusalem, it was 30 years, 33 years. So Deduct that from the 40 year of King Saul's reign. This was way beyond David was even born. But God already had a testimony or there was already a word about him. Uh, the Lord has sought for himself, this prophet Samuel talking to Saul, a man after his own heart. A man after his own heart. This same phrase was repeated later in uh, Acts 13 by Apostle Paul. He said, David, God chose David a man after his heart. Let's read that account of Acts 13. Uh, okay. Uh, after his own heart, the Lord has commanded him to be commander because Saul did not keep the word of the Lord. Acts 13, verse 22. A man after. So, this is something that David understood. Now, I've jumped. Davidic principles. Well, this is two in one message. Amen. It's a blessed day. David understood things that made him function in that most holy place. And when he had removed him, that's talking about so he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. All sold out. After my after my heart, if you study, you check study Bibles. It's like an idiomatic expression. Like, uh, please give me an example of an idiomatic expression that it doesn't mean what it says literally. Huh? Idiom. Somebody, like when you say somebody has kicked the bucket. That one, I don't know. I, don't, I didn't want to use that. When you say somebody kicked the bucket, it's like the person died, right? It's not as if he literally kicked the bucket. Huh? Which other idioms that are common like that, that doesn't mean what it says? Eh? Put in the family. Oh, why are we thinking of negative things? This one. <laughs> over, eh? Speaking over my head. That's a good one. I don't want to use that one. Speaking over my head. Meaning, you are saying what I don't understand. Or, is it that I should stand over him? Thank God. Pastor wrote to me, he's tall. I can't even, if he was standing over, I can't be speaking over his head. But, speaking over somebody's head means... You are speaking way beyond his comprehension. You are saying what he doesn't understand. That's an idiom. Man after my heart means loyal. It means devoted, committed. 
It means sold out. Some study Bibles tell you that God is saying, somebody that thinks like me. David was thinking like God. (laughs) Amen? So that is what God was looking for. And those are some of the keys. When we started with the year with, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all other things will be added. It's as if, if you get that one principle, it will catapult you right into that most holy place. When we look at the picture of the tabernacle, we saw the different stages. Outer court, uh, inner court, or holy place, most holy place. Ordinarily, you are supposed to, because God himself was the one that instituted it to help men be restored to him. It's a pathway. But there are things in God that can accelerate your journey. This is one of it that David found. A man after God's heart who will do all of God's will. So the question you should ask yourself is, how much committed, how committed are you? Or how submissive are you to doing God's will? In the first place, do you even want to know? Because in the holy place, the renewal of your mind by the word, the showbread, and the candlesticks, the Holy Spirit, what is supposed to help you do According to Romans 12, 2, it's what? Transformed by the renewal of the mind so that you can know what God's will is. But having known God's will, how committed are you to doing it? For example, God's will is the sun should not go down on your anger. It's talking about some of the things we spoke about in the morning. Or you have a disagreement with someone. Okay, let me share this. The same woman I said was... Um, frustrated, the daughter came back from Ukraine and, you know, anger and everything, and she was just pouring it out. I recognized that the family has been stressed. I did not react. But going back to my, you know, office, I was boiling. A part of me was like, why would you let somebody rubbish you in public like that? You know, when we were then in, in the school, if you are in the southwest Ah, boys will say, ah, mo jegba, as in, I will not take, ah, as in, they will make you feel bad that, hey, now you then, yeah, yeah, like that, lie, lie, me, I didn't, you know, I was like, God, just go, just, just Father, just help me, because a lot of negative words in my mouth, <laughs> do this, you know what God's will is, you've been offended, but from the scriptures, that's why you can't know God's will if you don't know his word. You can't do it if you have not accepted it. She offended me. So I have to, God is saying forgive, let go. And it's not in the area of forgiveness alone. There are several other ways. God's will, unconditionally doing God's will. Even when it costs you. Even when it is challenging to you. So far that you have been able to determine that this is God's will. Then how committed are you to doing it? David was a man like that. Sold out to God's will. Number two. David understood something about the throne of God. The throne of God. Several in the Psalms, you see him speaking about the throne of God. Let's read Psalm 89, verse 14. Psalm 89, verse 14. Said, Righteousness and justice are the foundation 
of God's throne. For him to see this, you know he must be seeing that throne. He was seeing something in the spirit. He didn't just write out of imagination. He was actually seeing something. Say, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. And mercy and truth go before your face. In the ark of the covenant, which is what you have in the most holy place, the covering of that ark where the two cherubims are attached, covering, you know, which is a depiction of what is in heaven. In heaven, they are not still. They are flying. And in heaven, they are not attached to anywhere. They are hovering above the throne of God. When God was telling them, he called that place mercy seat. The seat of mercy. David understood something about the throne of God. The throne is a representation of what? Authority. You see where we still come back. That's why if you don't understand basic concepts about authority, you cannot have a vibrant spiritual life. You can't maximize your potential in God because you will violate authority and it always has consequences. Amen? That's why children should be taught right. Learn, learn, teach them submission from the house. Teach them to recognize authority and to follow even when they have contrary opinion, even when it appears that the authority is wrong. You know, in the life of David, Saul wanted to kill him outrightly. But what will he tell his men? Even when those ones say, see, let his blood be upon us. It's not you. Let us kill him. He said, eh, how shall you touch the Lord's anointed and go scot free? He understood that, see, as long as God has kept that, uh, allowed the authority to be, Yes, you can speak out as God permits you. If God doesn't permit you, you don't have authority to do certain things, you'll get in trouble. As God permits you, but he didn't do anything wrong against the person of Saul. Even when he caught the garment, the Bible said he felt so guilty. He had to be asking God for mercy. His soldiers will have been looking at him like, this guy, this guy, somebody wants to kill you. You know, Paul, you read through... Uh, First Samuel, several times he threw, he attacked, as in, it was clear that he wanted to kill David. But David understood, understood this principle of authority, the throne of God. Number one thing about the throne of God, it is a seat of mercy. If you understand mercy, that God will have mercy upon whom he decides to have mercy. It is his prerogative, as in, that's how they say it, the prerogative of mercy, it belongs to God. He can choose to do what he wants. That if a criminal... And that, that's why sometimes with men of God... I, I, we were talking about someone once. My wife and I, she told me what somebody said about somebody. No, somebody sent something to her about one man of God. And what another man of God said. I said, all these issues, you don't know. Especially people in spiritual authority, it's dangerous to speak out. Some of them might have truly missed it. But we have also realized that some of them, especially those who are like David, they have settled issues with God. Though. They have settled. God has blotted, as in God has forgotten. You will now open your mouth and talk. Some of them won't answer you. But the angels that will spank you are waiting. That's the challenge. That's the, that's the nature of God's mercy. That the thieves, one of the thieves that was crucified with the Lord Jesus, a murderer, and he say, hey, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says, hey, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. That's a killer. 
But you, we are even wrong to be calling him a killer because now he's not a killer. He's a saint in heaven. That's the nature of God's mercy. That if anyone will truly repent, God is willing, faithful and just, and he will forgive. Why the rest of you are still shouting? In fact, by your condemning that person, you are putting yourself into more trouble. That's the nature of God's mercy. God can do, and mercy comes with sovereignty. He is God. David understood those things. And those were the basis of his submission and yieldedness to God. The mercy. All the people in the uh, New Testament, when they want to ask for mercy from the Lord Jesus, what do they say? Jesus, thou son of... Because David understood mercy. Thou son of David, he understood God's mercy. He knew God's sovereignty and he submitted. Those are the things that formed his obedience. And God will look at that. And another thing, let me quickly just tie it up. Of course, service was there. Even one of the reasons they anointed him as king was they said, we know that even when Saul was alive, you were the one fighting all the battles. We can't speak about service enough. We can't. I mean, we will. And sacrifice. Service will always come. Please, anything you are doing that has not cost you in the kingdom of God, it is not of very strong value yet. Because the basis of our work with God in the first place was the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as you grow and you mature in God, the Lord will be demanding greater levels of sacrifice from you. And it's as you yield that he promotes you. As you. For him to have said, Abraham, in blessing I will bless you. What was Abraham willing to do? To give his only son. Probably the only thing that Abraham wanted in this life. And God said, give me. I said, okay, now I see that you cannot you will not withhold anything from me. I will not withhold anything from you. Amen? So, submission. David understood all that. And um, let's read... First Chronicles 13.3 In the ark you had the law. The tables that were written by the hand of God. It was there. Talking about the word of God in your heart. David was the same person that sang Psalm 119. Your word I have done what? Hidden in my heart. Because he must have read it over and over. So he knows the ways of God. You saw manna there. That speaks of revelation. Revelation. Somebody that is saying, the Lord said to my Lord, the throne, he had it. Then, the rod of Aaron that boarded. We learned last week that in that happening, in fact, we didn't hear the full story. The first miracle that happened with that rod was actually resurrection. Because for you to make a rod and a staff, you have killed the wood. Right? You have killed the wood. So first, God brought his resurrection power to play. To breathe life on a dead wood. Then, before the miracle of acceleration now happened. That it now budded. But that symbol, that rod, differentiated God's chosen authority from the rebellion of Korah and his brethren. So David understood all those things. Proper Alignment with God's authority and with godly authority is part of the principles that will govern our functioning from that most holy place. Amen? Um, 
Okay, this is another point. Let us bring back, this First 1 Chronicles 3.13, let us bring back the ark of our God back to us, for we have not inquired at it since the days of Saul. How many years? We don't know. One of the things that David always did was inquiry. That is a proof of submission. God, what should I do? How should I do it? Or you just know what you want to do. You know what you want. You know, in this world, we are taught to be what? Goal-getters, set your goals, achieve your goals. Is your goal God's goal in the first place? Ah, um, somebody going somewhere, upwardly mobile and um, vertically ascending or whichever vocabulary. Help me out, please. Those things, are they aligned with God's plan for your life? David was a man that would always inquire. So these were some of the things that he did. And for you to do that, you will value God's word. Maybe we'll just end with Isaiah 66. Of course, Psalm 51. When it says brokenness, you know, a broken and a contrite heart, O Lord, you would not despise he had, even though he had his excesses in killing the wife of Uriah, he had allowed the tendencies of the flesh to be, you know, brokenness just means that the strength of your flesh has been, you know, cut short. That before they slap you, you will give the person ten blows before the person even raised the second hand. Brokenness will mean that, you know, even when they slap you, of course, I'm not saying put your cheeks where they slap you, you don't react out of the flesh. The fleshly nature, the sinful nature has been dealt with. David understood that. But in Isaiah 66, the prophet Isaiah was talking about the kind of man that God delights in. It says a man, um, verse 1, I think that's the last verse of that chapter, uh, 66 verse 2. Isaiah 66, 2. Do we have it there, please? Yeah. For all those things, you know, said, the Lord says, this is the one I will look on. The man that attracts me. He who is poor. Blessed are the poor in spirit. It does not mean physically, financially poor, but you put yourself in a place where you need God, as in, you see yourself as nothing. Lord, I need you. Without you, I can't survive. That also speaks of humility. Contrite in spirit and who trembles at my word. That every word God speaks. Once you know that something is God's will, ah, you will do all in your ability to make sure that it is done. Whether it is convenient for you or not. That was the kind of man David was. That's why he could say, God, I know your intention is for man to dwell with you. So rather than um, setting protocol, a holy place, kill sacrifice, kill bull, kill goats, said no, let's bring the tent. We want the presence of God. And God, all the time, throughout the life of David, until plans were made for the temple, nobody died. Because a man understood the ways of God, he committed himself to it, he understood the throne of God. He understood the mercy of God. He understood the righteousness of God. And he yielded. Even though he sinned, 
his confession was public. Well, like we had, he didn't confess, but he admitted. But he knows that God, God saw his heart. Even though he didn't pray, we didn't see, no, but Psalm 51 is a prayer of confession anyway. He confessed. For him to have, for Psalm 51 to have been written, Psalm of David, Lord be merciful. He confessed his sins. He opened up, Lord, I did it, I got it wrong. He didn't hide it. It's the same one that wrote, He who, whosoever covers his sins shall not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them shall have what? Mercy. Mercy. So these are some of the principles that made David operate in the most holy place. Amen. On this day where we're celebrating our heritage and receiving from God, one of the reasons I should also encourage you is, you know, there, there is a genuine transfer to us as sons in this house. You need to believe that. There is a genuine transfer. And it is as you yield yourself, as you open up, that you begin to see these things manifest in you. Amen. Truly, it's a new day upon us. Let's rise on our feet. Let's rise on our feet. It's a new day. Let's just appreciate God that, you know, He he has brought us into a new day. There is heritage. There is inheritance for us in God. There are things that He has prepared for us as His children, as members of this house. Let's appreciate Him for that. And let's thank Him. Lord, we just appreciate You. Your ways are not our ways. Your thoughts are higher than ours. But by your spirit, you are helping us to ascend, to appreciate what you're doing, to appreciate, to hear and discern and understand and to execute what you're doing. We just give you praise, Almighty Father, in the name of Jesus. I want us to pray and receive help from God. We've looked at the life of David or some principles in the life of David that made him a man after God's heart, that placed him right uh, in the presence of God that made him you know, have access to that most holy place. And yet, God did not kill anybody. It was as if protocol was broken, but some things were already fulfilled in his life. He was a man after God's heart. Just pray that God will make you a man after his heart. Someone that is like him, completely loyal, completely committed, completely devoted to God and to his ways. Someone that is contrite in heart, Someone over whom the works of the flesh have no more uh, authority. Someone who is yielded to the word of God and will do all of God's will. This is the kind of people we want to be. Men and women after your Lord that will do all your will and fulfill all your commands. This is our hope. This is our prayer. This is our desire. Change us from within, Lord. Change us from within. Look at us, O God. Areas of weaknesses, areas of shortcoming. Let your grace and your word find us and bring us out of such in the name of Jesus. Let's also ask God that everything that is ours, the heritage that he has preserved for us through the life of his servant that he has revived in us, even as was confirmed to us through his servant last week, everything that is ours will begin to walk in them in the name of Jesus we declare that life, we walk in prosperity, we walk in rest, we walk in ease, we walk in creativity, we walk in all the purposes and plans of God for us. Our homes are godly, our children are godly seed, righteous seed, fulfilling the will and the purpose of God. 
Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. Let's we'll, we'll just take the communion. Um, it's one thing that the Lord commanded us that we do. He didn't leave us with many rituals, but this he gave us as a sign of his death as a symbol representation of his body and his blood that was given for us. Lord, we receive the bread. You told us to do this in remembrance of you. We remember your sacrifice upon the cross. We remember your burial, Lord. We remember your resurrection, the victory that you've brought to us, all things that you have purchased for us in our spirit, in our soul, and our body. We remember, O oh God, inheritance that you have also reserved for us in Jesus Christ and through all that you have asked us to be connected to. We celebrate you this day. We proclaim your life. We proclaim your death. We proclaim your resurrection in the name of Jesus as we take this bread and this blood. All that is reserved for us in this season comes to us in Jesus' name. We declare that the expressions of this new day are manifested in all of us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's take the bread. Let's also take the cup. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have we... If we're taking the bread and the cup, we can have our seats. And um, amen. I also have a testimony. You know, one of the, those days coming back from work, I didn't even have time to share with my wife. The tire on the driver's side of the car I was in just came off, as in just in front of Luke Bay Shoprite. The tire just came off, as in <laughs> rolled off, and we're like, ah. and people don't hold brake, or don't press brake, or just keep. And we came down, we're like, what happened? We can't just, the tire with the rim just pium, rolled off on his own. And, you know, but we thank God for his help. That's why I said, let's expect it. New vehicles are coming in. Amen. Amen. God bless us. This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. We believe you were blessed as you listened. Join us for a Sunday service at Metamorphosis Christian Center, Stanford Dialysis Building, beside Africa International College, opposite Sun City, Kaura District, Abuja. You can link with us on Facebook and YouTube at Metamorphosis NG. Metamorphosis Christian Center, reaching, raising, releasing.